Welcome to Zen One Podcast, a place where we can feel a little bit more connected with one another. Should we get started? Sure. Let's go ahead. Okay. I'm going to go in. We start. There's a lot that I want to talk about today. And uh, there's a lot of, I wouldn't say there's a lot of research. I just had like uh, a moment this week when I sat down for like three to four hours. Uh huh. And I turned off my phone and I was like, let me just try to get educated. And and you remember, I texted you last Friday. I yeah. said, Mary, can you help me understand what is the difference between level one, level two, level three? Uh-huh. I feel like there's so much con- confusion on all this. Oh, there is. Th- then I went into this whole thing, like the, the how to spot the counterfeit products. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I will tell a little bit of the story for everybody. But... So we'll get to this a little bit. Then, um, did you get the package? I did. Okay. So we will be able. Would you be able to like, uh, even like cut them out and see what it means and what's inside and what is three ply and what is all that? Perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's the plan for today. Um, I mean, if we go a little bit longer, would you be okay with that, Mary? Uh, yeah. We we have what an hour schedule. I was hoping three. <laughs> Sorry, Just I, I have a meeting I have to go to. That's at that's seven. Oh, so, but yeah. I'm hope nobody's going to stay along with you on Friday till seven o'clock. Dude. Yeah, probably not. No. Probably not. So let me start with a quick update for everybody on the group order. Um, I'm just telling exactly what I was told. The products are getting to the warehouse by Monday. And I was just texting with the person that I was told that the orders will start shipping out next week. So I actually, uh, as you all know, that I'm stuck here. I'm waiting uh, for all this stuff to end and ship. So I'm going to the warehouse tomorrow. I was trying not to go and not to bombard people and not to be that annoying, impatient person. I'm just trying to like, just like. punch the bag pretty much and so uh for everybody the quick update on a on a group order that we did the bulk order group order in april like i said there was a one week delay with the payments and that's exactly putting us on a may 22nd delivery so i'm really hoping that that's going to happen so far the text message that i got is uh, that uh, next week we start shipping products out now for some of the offices dr kicks i know you're you're watching if I see the products in the warehouse and I can pick them up, I'm going to be driving to Chicago anyway. So I'll grab yours and, you know, I'll bring them in. Uh, I think it's going to be longer to ship. So I'll coordinate that. And then some of the offices, I don't know if Studio Dental, if you guys are watching or not, I hope you are. Because it's going to take, um, shipping to San Francisco would be pretty tough. Uh, and you ordered a lot of products so we're probably going to be breaking it out to try to make it easier so i'll be texting you guys so that's my quick update um the other quick update which we will talk about today and i need mary's help um with fit tests and everything else so i'm not super excited about this whole trying to chase those shipments from china so what we did is we started doing the research on products we can get in the states and ideally 3m so we got our hands on 3M N95 AT1860 respiratory uh, masks. So we just placed an order today, uh, and it's a long story how we did it. I don't want to overwhelm everybody, but 
I will have a confirmation next week. And if that happens, we're going to open up another group order for N95, 3M masks made in US. So that makes me feel a lot more comfortable, a lot better. And the price should be somewhere between $5 per mask. So, mm. and we're trying to make it that there's no limit, that you will be able to order either five or 10 or how many you need, uh, but there will be a max. So we want to distribute it equally to as many offices as we can. So that's our quick update. And we're going to continue working. Mary, believe it or not, I even got to people that can get 3M masks, but we had to put a, an order for a million masks. They're like, wow. let's go. They send me the paperwork. Yeah. yeah so you know, kinda, and the yeah. thing is, people keep saying, oh, they're not available. They're not available. They are if you have a big enough order. Yeah. So what really drives me bonkers is why not people can step up and do it and order one huge, gigantic, a million mask order for dental offices? Why are we sitting and waiting for dental offices as second sort citizens? Well, I think some of it has to do with the resistance to wanting to wear the N95 masks. And right now, okay. some practices are just using the shortage and their perceived um, lack of availability as an excuse not to do it and not understanding that they're putting themselves at risk from exposure to any kind of aerosols, let alone COVID, but also um, because they don't like the feel of them. I mean, they're, they, they're harder to breathe in. There's no doubt about it. They don't want to have to do the fit testing and they don't want to have to pay more for them. So um, it's and crazy. I, the payment is, I mean, we saw people trying to sell for, I mean, and I, again, when I say the price is by no means I'm blaming anybody, I'm trolling right. anybody, everybody's trying to do their best. If there's somebody that's trying yeah. to make a, you know, like buy for two and sell for 10, well, karma is fine. We'll find them. So absolutely that I'm not trying to talk about these people. I know that most of the people in Adela are trying to do their, their best, even though it's, it's still, I can't understand how bigger companies couldn't figure this out. And they're only selling to their groups, not to private practices. Well, I don't know. I, part of it is just the supply. They're they're going for the the larger groups, and in honestly, in some cases, their orders are getting usurped by FEMA, and so then they get overtaken. And it, there's just a lot of things going on. The one thing that I just wanted to ask you: Have you looked at all that cross text? They have a really nice, very comfortable N95 mask that's called the Isolator Plus, and that might be an option too. Crosstex is one of the biggest manufacturers of uh, masks, and they're made in the U.S. as well. And I know that they are trying to make them more available in dentistry. So that might be one to look at. I will jump on it. Yeah. And they are much more comfortable. They still need to have a, a fit test procedure, but it looks more like a surgical mask than it does the cone um, N95. Okay. So, Mary, let's quickly start, if you don't mind, with what's new in your world? What is What are the new developments since the last time we talked? Well, 
Um, not a lot of new information in terms of, of guidelines or guidance. The last, um, guidance we got from OSHA was from May 1st. So that's two weeks old now. Um, the last guidance we got from the CDC is from April 27th. And I know that the ADA and a lot of groups are really pushing for the CDC to update their guidance because it only allows for emergency procedures. We don't have anything in place that says what we do when we see elective patients, although right now we're assuming that it's the same thing following the same guidance for emergency procedures, but it's it's very frustrating. What I'm seeing a lot now that it really scares me um, is people trying to find ways to reuse the N95 masks and they're buying devices, UV light wands, and other types of devices to decontaminate the masks that are not listed. In the CDC guidance documents, there's a whole list of things that are allowed and not allowed in terms of reusing or decontaminating masks. And people are being told in webinars, put them in an autoclave. And they should not because it compromises the mask. It makes it ineffective. They're being told to spray them with bleach. They're being told to spray them with disinfectant. And the minute you get that mask damp, you compromise the effectiveness of the mask. And now the big issue, because a lot of webinars are now talking about fogging dental operatories, and I think it's a bad idea right now. The products that they're talking about fogging with, hypochlorous acid, um, hydrogen peroxide, are the two key ones um, that are really not harmful substances in terms of a chemical hazard, but what we don't know is what are those products ultimately going to do to our equipment? Is some of that mist going to get into the electronics um, in our, our units, our imaging systems? And if we do it in the sterilization room, is it going to be in the sterilizer? What What is it going to do? And the other thing is that, yes, there are scientific studies, validated studies that say that hydrogen peroxide and or hypochlorous acid will kill COVID. There are no validated studies. Well, let me let me take that back. There are validated studies that say that hydrogen peroxide and hydrochlorous acid will kill Ebola virus and SARS virus, but we don't have validated studies yet that say it kills COVID-19. And we don't have validated studies that say it's appropriate or effective to use in a dental practice. So there's too many unknowns there to think about fogging. But some really great information um, is, is being researched right now about using this hypochlorous acid because it, it breaks down into um, water and salt. And so two very innocuous substances. And it's also being researched to Maybe now, please don't anybody go run out and do this because it's not FDA cleared yet, but perhaps being able to use it in our water bottles and so that the aerosol might be less contaminated, um, perhaps using it as an irrigating solution. Um, they're even talking about researching it as a nasal mist to treat COVID, but it's not 
FDA cleared. There aren't validated studies on it yet. So we have to stick to the science and beyond the science, we have to stick to what's validated for use in dentistry and against COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And everybody's looking for a quick fix. Yeah, I kind of feel them though, Mayor. It's like, you know, when I look at the prices, nine bucks for an N95. I know. I, I understand. But the other thing we have to consider is that's what OSHA wants. In the guidance that they issued on May 1st, they said N95 or better. They didn't say, oh, by the way, if you can't get an N95 here, you can use what CDC says, a KN95 or a level three with a face shield. They don't say that. Mm -hmm. And CDC has sort of limited enforcement, um, uh, uh, what do I want to say, abilities. It's through the state dental boards mostly. OSHA absolutely does. And now that OSHA's reclassified us as a high hazard in a very high hazard industry, if you will, excuse me, um, doing aerosol producing procedures, we got to be looking at those OSHA guidelines because, excuse me, oh. allergies, not COVID. No, no, no. It's okay. I'll give you a second. So yeah, we'll, we'll go through some of the stuff today. I actually was able to find some really useful websites and good uh, things on. Yeah. On fa- OSHA's got lots of training videos and all kinds of good things to help us understand respiratory protection, but we need to be following those OSHA guidelines because otherwise there's liability to employers from not following those. Yeah. Okay. So um, as of right now, the guideline is N95 or a Kia 95 with a, with a three-ply mask on top of it or surgical mask with a face shield. Yes. A level okay. three surgical mask. Level three. Okay, so let's start then. Let's talk about the difference. I was trying to find, uh, if I understand correct, level one, level two, level three, are all three are 95% filtration rate. Yes. So the only difference between the three is the breathability of the mask? No, it's the fluid rating. Okay. So what we have to do is have a uh, appropriate fluid rating to filter out the um, large droplets. And the biggest difference between wearing a surgical mask and a respirator, uh, an N95 respirator, is the seal. The surgical mask, when you put it on, has gaps around the sides and gaps around the top. And so it's going to filter the particle filtration and the fluid resistance between a level three and a KN95, that's not a fake, and an N95, that particle filtration is the same. It filters out 95% of Mm -hmm. uh, particles at so many microns. I think it's three Mm -hmm. microns, okay? The reason that we're so concerned about wearing an N95 is because it seals around your face. And then the aerosols, the the less than one micron size particles that get in the air when you use an ultrasonic scaler, when you use a a handpiece or an air polisher, an air water syringe, those particles are typically less than a micron. They are the size particles that can get inhaled around the sides of the mask and the size of those particles can get directly into the lungs. Mm-hmm. The larger particles, like 
0.3 microns will probably get stopped by the nasal passages, the cilia or the hairs inside your nasal passages. They'll get filtered out. They'll get stopped. But if they're smaller than that, they get into the lungs and that's when people get respiratory infections. Okay. So level one, level two, level three are same, well, they're all three, 95%. But why is level three more recommended than level one? It's just because the particles? The uh, part, well, it's not the particle size. Again, it's the fluid rating. And it's mm -hmm. the amount of time that that fluid rating and the particle filtration will last. It's a longer amount of time. And so in the ASTM, the American Society for Testing Materials ranking of those masks, they clearly say that for aerosol producing procedures, either level two or level three is what should be worn. And now during this pandemic, they're recommending that we don't wear anything but level three, that we don't wear mm -hmm. level ones mm -hmm. or level twos at all, just level mm -hmm. threes. Okay. We got our hands on a device that is kind of like a 3D printed mask frame that seals the surgical mask around the face. So I'll show you the picture. I want to, I want to. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that device. What's your take on it? Well, if it's not FDA cleared to be used in a healthcare setting, then it's nice, but. So, and I understand that just sort of contradicts what I just said, that if, if it's really about the seal and not necessarily about the particle filtration, um, it should be okay. But it, these devices probably haven't even had the opportunity to go to the Food and Drug Administration and mm -hmm. get them approved. And so using something that isn't FDA cleared is a risky proposition. Mm -hmm. So it's not what I would recommend. Got it. If we go hypothetically off the record and you and I just as two friends over the drink, what, what do you think about this? Like well, if you like it addresses the gap issue for sure. It definitely okay. addresses the gap issue. So it's again, it's it's a it's a matter of compliance. So mm -hmm. if the, if OSHA says it's N95, mm -hmm. and we can get N95, then that's what we need to be wearing until we're given other guidance. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if OSHA says after the pandemic has subsided that we don't have to wear N95 masks all the time mm -hmm. and that we can go back to wearing, for example, a level three, then that device is fabulous because it takes away the gaps. But right mm -hmm. now it's not, it wouldn't be considered by OSHA as an alternative to a respirator. Got it. Yeah. While we stay on these level one, level two, level threes, do they need to be FDA approved or anything like that? So when people buy them, because right now there's a bunch of sources available. I mean, I see prices from 75 cents a mask. Now we see 50 cents a mask. They're all level one. We're trying to get to level two. Is there anything that we need to be worried about, just like N95 or KN95, if there are on the FDA list or not? They should be on the FDA list. They should also, some of them do, some of them don't. They should have NIOSH certification, National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health. Mm -hmm. So for sure, they should be FDA cleared. They should have an FDA clearance number that they're approved for use in um, healthcare settings. 
Now, there's under the emergency use authorization provisions from the Food and Drug Administration, they will allow these KN95s, which are not FDA cleared, they will allow industrial type N95 respirators to be used that aren't cleared, but they are essentially the same as an FDA cleared N95 N95 respirator. They just haven't gone to the FDA and got them approved for use in healthcare. So Mm -hmm. if, if you ask me, what would I do for people going back to work? I would find a resource for industrial N95s if I could, for medical N95s if I could. That's going to be my first line of defense. Mm-hmm. And then if I can't, then I'll go to a KN95 with another mask over it, with a, a level three mask over it. And I would wear a, a chin length face shield. And the mm-hmm. same thing, if it's a level three, I would wear that with a face shield. Okay. I'm, I'm specifically on purpose going from level one to three, then we're going to go to N95 and then we're yep. going to go to KN95. So um, FDA approved uh, level one, two, and three. Okay, so that makes sense. Uh, just an update on the pricing on this for everybody. Um, it, I just talked to a bunch of vendors this week, and it may sound that the market is getting saturated with masks. We might see them come back and things like that. But um, vendors are also cautioning. And again, I have to take it with with both sides, right? So maybe they're just trying to keep their prices alive as much as possible. But I do trust our vendors a lot. And and it seems like we're not over the hump yet of prices going down on the masks. So I wouldn't necessarily uh, think that we're over or the masks are going to go down in prices yet. So we'll keep you updated. So far on the market, even for group prices, we pretty much see the same prices across the board for um, level once at the moment, but I do want to take uh, Mary's note and actually keep working on level three where we can get our hands on level threes. Yeah. Um, I think based on if you guys go to Zen resource page at the moment, it's only dental city. I believe we have to check on Monday, but on our resource page, you will see dental city level three mask, $19.99 per box. But you have to, the limit is three boxes every two weeks. So just keep an eye on that. And again, for those listening to this in five years, we recorded this on May 15th, 2020. So just making sure. Okay. And that's very typical, Tiger, from, you know, if you go to Shine or Patterson or some of the larger distributors, they're doing the same thing. They're limiting because they don't know what will happen. They don't know necessarily that when they will get more shipments. Yeah. So All I just say, we're all trying to do our best to serve our clients. Yes. I'll leave it at that. Okay, awesome. So let's go to N95s Mm -hmm. because they're easier, right? Like it has to be 3M, N95. No, No, it doesn't have to be 3M. Okay. They're they're probably one of the, excuse me, larger makers of um, N95s that are for industry. And then they have their healthcare division, but they're not the only ones. As I mentioned before, that Crosstex Isolator Plus. That is a great one, and it is an N95 mask. So they don't necessarily have to all be 3M. So I've, I've got my hands on this list. It's on CDC. It says respirator trusted source information. Yes. Updated May 12, surgical N95 respirators. There's actually more than, and I totally agree with more than 3M. 
It's 3M. It's Ira Pro Company, Alpha Pro. There's Cardinal Health. There should be Halyard Health, which used to be Kimberly Clark. Uh, they are Halyard Halyard Health. Halyard Health. Yep. Kimberly Clark Corporation. Magic Glove Medline. I believe I saw Crossdex a couple of days ago. I'm surprised I don't see them on the list. They should be on there. And, and Medline is another great resource because theirs are also made in North America. They're made in Canada. So they have great N95s available. Okay. So since this is something new, like I, I think what I would like to do is, I mean, again, um, it's interesting. I think the 3M right now is um, operating under FEMA or Department of Defense. So like, it's really not that easy to get to them and try to get well, the masks. Yeah, because they've been one of the biggest manufacturers of those specific respirators, then FEMA's kind of um, contracted with them to give FEMA all the supplies. But some of the other suppliers may have them available. I, Crosstex is telling me they have them. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, that information is a couple of days old, so that could have changed. But Medline and Halyard Health, I, last time I talked with Halyard Health, they were having a few issues in supplies because they're going to larger orders and, and so forth. But, yeah, it's, it's beyond 3M. There's a lot okay. um, that are available. Would you be able to share your Crosstex contact? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because Crosstex Cross is now part of the Hugh Freedy group. I don't know if everybody knows that. They've merged under under the umbrella of a company called Cantwell Medical. So yeah, absolutely. I'll um the person that I work with that's one of their education um people is Leanne Kiefer, but she isn't a supply person, but I will find out who it is. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me check if there are any questions. Actually, I'm. Oh, none yet. All right. So I hope you guys jump in, and I hope this information actually makes sense. Colin, we talked about Studio Dental. I'm gonna hit you up with the uh, with the packages because you guys have a big order. So we, I'm I'm gonna text you, Colin, because we're gonna try to break it up and make it a little bit less expensive to ship to you. Okay. So I've I found this. Uh, Mad. Uh, I think it's Medline. So, I mean, they're all N95 NIOSH, so it doesn't have to be 3M. No, 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 no. No, cool. anyone who's, who says they're NIOSH certified N95 particulate respirator, you're good. Okay. You're good. All right. So we're going to keep working on it. But the good news is uh, if we get a true uh, verified brand, um, whatever the brand is, but it's a N95, mm -hmm. we can check that it's on this list. I, I still don't know why Crosstex is not here. I honestly saw that a couple of weeks ago Yeah, on Wednesday when I was working on it. So I will find that out. Yeah, they should be on the list. Okay. So that's the list of N95. Then the next thing I did is I went on and on ADA website. There's actually a pretty cool resource. It's they have this watch on demand respiratory protection in the era of COVID-19. They have CEs. I believe it's yeah. free. It is free and it's a great webinar. Eve Cooney um, and Kathy Eklund, who presented the webinar, are very, very well respected, well-known um, infection control lecturers, and they belong mm -hmm. to LSAP. And it is very good because they explain a lot about the um what are the advantages and disadvantages of wearing and 
and explain about N95 respirators and the fit testing and so forth. So yeah, it's, it's definitely well worth watching. Okay, so Irina will link it up for everybody in the notes. You'll be able to click on a webinar after this, then go on the page of the webinar. There will be links. So we will link it up, ADA uh, Respiratory Protection Webinar. So Irina, let's make sure to put it this way. So we, I watched all of them. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of good things that came out of it. Number one, they recommended this American Association of Occupational Health Nurses free respiratory course. Yes, that is a course that's free. In fact, I've just completed it um, mm-hmm. for anyone in a dental practice to learn how to do fit testing. Mm-hmm. So they could fit test the N95 respirators themselves, but you have to have a test kit to do it. Boom. Now to that question. So I did my research more on that, right? Mm -hmm. So most people, when they go online, this is interesting. They go in and somehow they get this thing open. So they go in, they try to say fit test kit, right? But this is a smoke test kit. That's not going to work, right? No, I don't recommend the smoke test kit. What you want is called a qualitative test kit, and either it either has a bitter um, smelling or tasting solution or a sweet tasting solution. That's the, the smoke ones are available right now, but the other ones are not. I have I have them on back order from like six different sites, and I still haven't gotten one. Well, I have news for that. <gasps> Did I? Oh my god, I closed it. Did I? Okay, so I actually called them up, and uh, we opened the line with them. So they will be um, placing an order for these test kits. Wonderful. So I just want to make sure that these are the ones that uh, we're talking about, uh, Beatrix. So one is bitter. Yep. And one is sweet one. So, But they all look like this, right? Are you showing something on your screen right now? I can't see, see it. I accidentally closed the most important screen. <laughs> it's a hood that you put over. Yes. Yeah. What you just showed, it just was up there briefly and then it went away. Yeah. That's a test kit. This, right? Yes. Okay. So, yeah. If anybody's... So, okay. The question is, do we need to... Is this the way to go? Is that the... If, if this is the fit so. test? I think it is because even though it may cost you several hundred dollars or more to get the test kit. Mm-mm. $135, Mary. Are you kidding? Yeah. Is it it's, NIOSH approved? It's this one. It says OSHA compliant fit testing for disposable and reusable dust mist. So I called them up and I talked to them. They said, this is the one that you need to fit test the FN95 respirators. Okay. Well, you might, most of the kits are around three fifty dollars to $400. So that's why I'm wondering if they have a NIOSH approval for that test kit. Because Can I send you the link? Yeah, please. I'll take a look okay. at it. But I think it's the way to go because if you have to go to an occupational health center or somewhere to have the fit test done for you, they're going to charge about anywhere from 100 to $200 an employee. And so by the time you've done one round of initial fit testing, you would have bought the kit and then you have to do annual fit testing. So I want to reiterate that the ADA keeps implying that OSHA has 
waived the fit test requirement and they have not. They have waived the annual fit test requirement. They have not waived the initial fit test requirement. So the ADA is interpreting it as it's all optional and it's not. And OSHA has clearly said that if you haven't done fit testing, or at least made your best faith effort to try to get fit testing done, then they're going to cite you for it, for not doing it. Because there are some people who have medical conditions that preclude their, them from wearing an N95 respirator if they can't breathe well, if they have asthma or COPD or some other respiratory issues, or if they have circulatory issues and they can't have a decreased oxygen volume when they're breathing. Some people shouldn't wear them. So this all starts with every employee needing to fill out a medical questionnaire. And if there's any answers that that would indicate respiratory issues, then a physician or somebody at an occupational medical center needs to evaluate that questionnaire and then give an opinion in writing whether that person could wear an N95 respirator or not. Mary, you'll be proud of us. I found that questionnaire. Sweet. And you put it up? I'm so proud. Uh, we will put them in the notes, too. Yeah. Okay, so... It has to be done on every single employee. Okay, so um, I lost my page, but I'm, I'm going to open it up. So I'm going to switch to the screen again. Okay. Um, switch to share. For everybody watching this, don't just disregard... I'm going to find this very quickly. Uh, five. So the questionnaire is, we found it. Medical questionnaire. Is it this one? Yes, that's it. Perfect. Mm -hmm. So again, we'll link it up in the notes. And you're saying we need uh, offices need to have that questionnaire completed first, file it, put it in the notes, done, and then put the smoke, uh, the smoke test, the 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 fit test. Right. But but kind of in the in the meantime, that if any employee gives indication that they have any respiratory or circulatory issues where they couldn't. Um, breathe or it might impede their oxygen uptake, then a physician or a, a um, occupational health specialist needs to evaluate that questionnaire. And what you could probably do is just make a um, make an arrangement. You already have to have in the practice for bloodborne pathogens, you have to have an arrangement with somewhere to go and send employees or somewhere for employees to go for testing if they have an exposure incident. You could use that same facility, have the physician um, or have the the sometimes it's a nurse practitioner review that questionnaire and then mm -hmm. they give an opinion whether or not it's appropriate for somebody to wear a respirator. Perfect. Uh, Dr. Kix is asking, I was confused too. Um, so when does the fit test needs to be done? The fit test needs to be done before you start regularly wearing a, a respirator. And then after that, they have to be done on an annual basis. And the reason is that people can gain or lose weight and it may change the dimensions of their face. And so the mask that they were fit tested for 
last year may not be the one that still fits them. Um, or maybe you've switched brands or something. So it's, mm-hmm. and it is very brand specific. So if I start out using the 3M um, face mat or respirator, and that's what I'm fit tested for. If I switch brands, then I have to be fit, fit tested with the new brand as well. So that's why I think it makes perfect sense for practices to have that fit test kit on site. Um, you know, I thought about being able to offer that as a, as a service for my clients, but it just wouldn't, it, it's not efficient to do it. People need no, to know 145 bucks, 135 bucks, whatever we got it for. Uh, so on top of it, but Mary, you will let us know if it's the one yes. that's going to work or not. Right. Yeah. So what I learned from them when I called the company, this company, so they're the ones who are like, 3M makes the test and this company makes the test. They're, to me, I felt like they were the pro edge to me. Like when you introduce the pro uh-huh. edge to me, uh-huh. I felt really safe. I felt the same way with this company. Okay. So, um, and again, we just went straight to them with no other distributors, we're gonna to try to buy it just for our offices. Again, we're not sharing mm-hmm. this, we're not trying to sell it to the market. We just want to supply it to our offices. Sure. Now, what I learned from them is this, you can buy this. So first of all, we only gonna launch sweet, not the bitter. I, f- yeah. I feel like that's- I wouldn't yeah. be bitter, I, sweet would be where I would go. Okay, so that's the one that's gonna be on Zen. Uh, for offices that are watching, it's already here. Again, Mary will confirm that that's the good one to go. Uh, but I'm going to put it right here on the screen and show everyone. So on this live update page, I click here on this big orange button and just scroll all the way to the bottom to other. Come on. Come on. Where is it? Yep, right here. So, oh, these are the the, uh, the sensitivity solution and test solutions, but the test kit is right here. So you might want to go in and just order it. Again, we will have the, the, the delivery time. We just opened up and we're going to communicate with them tonight to get it ordered. But again, if it's the right test. And so this is what they told me. Uh, there are six um, things per box. Mm-hmm. Where is it? And you can do six uh, amples and you can do three to five tests per tube. Yes. That means there are six tubes are coming in the test kit and you can do three to five tests. So technically, I mean, if you buy one thing, it should be enough to test the whole team right now. It should be. Right. Yeah. And you get to go. And then when you bring new team members or if you change the manufacturer, only then you need to do another fit test. Right. Exactly. At the moment. At the moment. Okay, cool. Dr. Kicks, is that helpful? So if you can let us know. All right, so um, what else do we need to know? Fit test is done. I think there was even some kind of documentation that they provided. Um, They probably do. They may also have, this is the same one that Medline sells. I can see it on the Medline website. Um, Is it called um, what is it? Allegro Safety or Allegro Industries? Yeah. That's the manufacturer. Yes. Yep. And so I'm looking at it right now, and it looks to me like that is an appropriate kit. Wow. I knew you are going to be proud of me. I am. I am so proud of you. Cool. 
Okay, so that's we got this covered. So I know that some offices, uh, I talked to a few of, of our offices this week and they said the fit test is not required. I'll leave it up to you guys. Mary says you need it. It, it um, is. You know, I know what the ADA says, but it is required by OSHA. And OSHA has been very adamant about saying that they have only suspended the the annual requirement for now under the emergency use authorizations. That's it. Just the annual, the original fit testing. And what it's important to do it, and it's important to do that medical questionnaire because what we're finding is there are some team members that are trying to wear them and they're passing out. They're having issues so that they should be wearing something different. Like three ply surgical level three with a face shield. Or a di because remember the OSHA documentation says N95 or higher. So another type, what, what in what California is looking at right now is requiring people who cannot wear face mask or uh, respirators that they wear what's called a PAPR device, which is a powered um, device. You see the healthcare workers in the hospitals wearing them. It's a kind of a helmet that they wear and it's got a big hose that goes down the back that mm -hmm. air flows in and out and it's got a power pack that they wear. Mm -hmm. So if somebody can't wear an N95, then they, especially if it was a hygienist doing, um, um, ultrasonic scaling, then they really need to have a device, something like that. But OSHA says N95 or higher, and that's causing some confusion where the CDC says, and, and OSHA says right in their document from May 1st, that they realize they're in conflict with some of the CDC guidance. So the CDC can't cite or find a practice for not following the guidance, but OSHA sure can. And mm -hmm. they're talking about N95s even treating well patients that have no risk of COVID. Okay. So. All right. So one fit test when a team member tries the masks and if it's good to go, they're good for a year. Yes. Unless you change brands. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to try to stick to 3M, but Dr. Kicks will keep you posted what we find if we get somebody better, less expensive, but Mm -hmm. a brand name, then, then, I mean, it might be worth doing another fit test. But at that point, you don't need to get the whole thing. Like at that point, uh, if you're out of the, what do they call oh, the Yeah. That's all you do is reorder that, which is just yeah. a dollars a bottle. Yeah. 10, yeah. 10.95. So yeah. for a solution test and a, and a test, uh, and a test solution. Yeah. So there, you need to have both. Yeah. First you need to like, uh, sensitivity test and then the actual, test solution you right. first need to yeah. test the sensitivity to the thing yeah and then test it perfect okay yeah. all right so are we good with n95s i feel like we covered a lot i think so i think we are okay and as far as counterfeit for n95 as long as i mean as long as it says made in usa and as long as you're buying from uh like trusted sources and as long as you can see that it's a 3m product i mean it's really hard not to see that it's a 3m product or medline or somebody like that right i don't think we need to really worry about it the my biggest counterfeit worry is about kn95 which we're going to talk about in a second yes. yes so i don't think we need to spend too much time as long as the do you trust the source or at some point the big brands are i mean the big uh name companies will come back and start selling those. I think the, the restrictions will get lifted uh, for the medical dental. We'll start getting them and, and we'll see how it all plays out. I think it will. Okay. That's mm -hmm. awesome. All right. So 
Now let's talk about the KN95s. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to wrap my head around this thing. Up until May 7th, we had manufacturers that were on a list of KN95s. Yes. Uh, approved manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Then May 7 comes in and there's only two manufacturers left, like Powwow or something like that, insurance company, which is really interesting name for a mask manufacturer. Mm-hmm. And then um, some other things come back. And then somebody refers to CDC Appendix A. Like that to me is a little bit confusing. Can you, do you know what I'm talking about? CDC Appendix A is the list of the um, masks that have been cleared under emergency use authorization. Um, And they also have a list in there that talks about the ones that have been removed from the list because they may remember these are manufactured primarily in China. Some are in South from South Korea and when they come with the certification, it's just like the one that you sent me or had sent to me. Mm-hmm. Most of that documentation is in Chinese. So how would I know if it's authentic or not? I don't. Okay. I did a little homework. All right. Because, I mean, with our members know, like, we did this group order, right? And... I felt a little bit uncomfortable because we did the order and we're putting this all together. We did our due diligence. The company that that order came from was on FDA list. And so then our members reached out and said, so what about now? So I really don't know what to say. Like, I honestly, we're trying to help. Our whole thing was, how do we help our offices? So now let's talk, first of all, let's talk about, uh, what do I want to talk about? This is what we did. where is it at? So I asked, I started asking around. So first, how do we know the counterfeit or not counterfeit? So let's assume that anybody can produce these documents left and right. And I've seen FDA fake approval documents in the last two weeks more than you can imagine. Yes. So when we talk about the uh, counterfeit versus not counterfeits on KN95s, the first thing we've learned is the manufacturer from who the product is manufactured should have an FDA certificate on file with their name and approved product, which should look like this. And I'm going to switch the screen so that everybody can see it. Mary, you can't see it yet, right? No. Okay. Uh, Can you see it now? Nope. Now I can. Okay. So that's what we were told. That's the first line of defense. The manufacturer should have this thing. Yes. Okay. Then, although the those second, could be counterfeit as well, but exactly, exactly. Let's just take off the table that, that anybody can make those documents left and right. But if you, for example, talking well, when we talked to the manufacturers and we said we're doing our due diligence, this is what we're told. The first thing is we need to get this document. The second thing is the manufacturer must be on the approved Chinese exporter list, which is in Chinese and in English. I mean, and it looks a little bit like this. And I've done my best to try to learn. Uh, what does it say? I can't even say that I have. But what I was able to do actually uh, study some of the test reports. Mm-hmm. So which we're gonna uh, get to in a second. So uh, while that list is opening up, I don't know where is it at. 
my computer is weird. The third, I think the third, the most important, there should be a testing report on file that they can send to show you they are legitimate product. See attached. Now, test the report is this one. So when I looked at the test reports, for me, the most important part was the names match. Mm -hmm. So when I, for example, go in, I check applicant, the name matches, the address matches, what's on the FDA certificate. That's the first thing I want to make sure. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's funny. And when we, when we did the due diligence, there's actually a good number, like 95% of things that we were doing due diligence on, just this simple thing did not match. Like you can already filter out a lot of this stuff if you just try to put documents together and match the names that they're matching everywhere. Right. So if hypothetically they match, then we'll look at the test reports. And there are two types of test reports that I've seen. One is where it says pass. Mm -hmm. So for example, medical phase requirements, uh, this is requirement and test methods. So Europe certification, client manufactured test, test procedures, press deviations, and all that. So I'm trying to get, so test item N95 surgical mask, test case doesn't apply to the test object, not applicable, test item doesn't meet a requirement, pass. Okay, now there's a, there's a really interesting um, uh, thing uh, that I can see on that. It says an mm -hmm. N95 surgical mask. Mm -hmm. That is not the same thing as an N95 particulate respirator. Mm -hmm. So that's different. Mm -hmm. I'm not claiming I'm an expert. I'm just right. trying to list. Right. No, show I, what I found. Mm -hmm. I understand. Yeah. So these are some of the tests that we're looking at. Uh, oh, yeah. And then you go in and you see P pass and no pass, I think. Right. Uh, for, uh, for fail. Uh, yeah. We also check the dates, make sure the dates are accurate and when they were testing. And also when, when we look at the dates, it's important that that's the dates when they were manufactured. So that's another thing that we're looked at. Right. Okay. Again, so these are pass. They pass. and then. Some of the things are going to say they they fail or and I don't know, maybe if we're not available. But I guess my other thing was if those masks will show you that they're 99 or between 95 to 99 percent pass, what could we do with them? Like if they're no longer on the list of. Like this list. Well, you can hang on to them and use them. For other non-aerosol producing procedures or front uh, desk administrative right sure yeah absolutely okay you could but, but not for their they wouldn't be appropriate for use um during aerosol producing procedures okay to me it's just interesting they were let's just say if that manufacturer or that specific product was at 95 and above they're no longer on the list. Um, I, don't, I don't want to get into it. Well, you know, and, and I think that the the FDA responded, I believe, under a lot of pressure from the White House to open up 
the regulations in order to make things more available. And one of them was PPE. The other was test kits. And now that's all coming back to bite them because they allowed all these test kits to be approved under the, the emergency use authorization. And we're finding out they're not accurate. They're highly inaccurate. Some of them don't even work. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing we're experiencing with these KN95s. They allowed them to be used as an alternative, but not necessarily the best. Um, and the one that you sent me, if I, I'm scrolling down the page from the CDC, first of all, here's the stuff that the CDC says to look for in case you're to, to determine if your respirator is a counterfeit. Mm-hmm. No markings at all on the filtering face piece respirator. Okay, so there would be no markings on it. Um, no approval or TC number on the respirator or headband. Um, no NIOSH markings. NIOSH spelled incorrectly. That's how you spot spam as things are. Yeah. Well, that's an easy one. This one's my favorite. Presence of decorative fabric or other decorations or add-ons like sequins. That ought to be a dead giveaway. Yeah. Um, You know my favorite? What's that? When you see an FDA logo on the bag. Oh, yeah. They'll put the FDA logo. They'll put a NIOSH. On the the box. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then claims for approval for children. NIOSH doesn't approve of any respirators for kids. Um, And the respirator has ear loops instead of headbands. So any N95 or KN95 that is truly a particulate respirator, not a surgical mask, is not approved because of the ear loop issue. And that's what this one is mm-hmm. so this is a surgical mask it's not a respirator okay mm-hmm. and then if i keep scrolling down the page there is a picture of this one with a line through it saying it's not niosh approved mm-hmm. so i mean this it, it doesn't mean it's not a good mask it's just doesn't qualify as a respirator mm-hmm. so I, I also think that um kn95s were not intended to be niosh approved from the beginning no only n95s only N95s because yeah. the KN95 is a designation from China, which is a different standard than what ours exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It so it can't, it can't be in a, a NIOSH approved KN95. It's just like two. They're don't two work. Different universes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. But some are saying that they are. Um, some of them no. have NIOSH printed on the little vent that's in the front, which is another thing I wanted to mention. If the respirators that you get, the N95s, should not, for healthcare, should not have a vent on the front. Mm-hmm. They should not. And the reason is that they will um, filter out your exhalation. That's why they're there to help you breathe easier out to exhale. But they don't filter when you inhale. And that's exactly what we want is that filtering when we inhale. Mm-hmm. So. If they have a the little plastic vent in the front or on the sides, then they're not appropriate to be used. Okay. All right. So we do have, if anybody in the future need the KN95s from the current approved list, there's only one vendor we have so far. They're listed on the resource page. And it says FDA approved. I um I'm pretty 
I don't know what to say. I mean, I think we need to put our resources to get the real N95s, and that's what we're trying to do. That's what uh, we, I yeah, we will list at some point in in the in the next group order the NKN95s that are not FDA approved, but it's going to be up to your discretion to use it for non-aerosol producing procedures or for the front team, because sometimes team members do ask for respirators and they're not as comfortable with the level three mask or something. So I don't know, maybe can 95 can be used for the front team. Mm -hmm. So we'll still list them because it, it's painful for me to watch how people still charge $6 for KN95 mask oh, when we can get them less than that. So again, we'll still have them uh, on Zen, but I hope that clarifies a little bit about the mystery of the, the, how to find a counterfeit versus not counterfeit. Mm -hmm. The last thing I think was there, the distributor could or should have FDA registration to be able to import these products, the attached FDA registration. So there's a lot to do with import on the products. Um, let me see what that link I had here for. Yeah, they be under that emergency use authorization. They have to have some documentation from the Food and Drug Administration that they're allowed to bring those into the country. Uh, boom, FDA number. Yeah, we got it from one of our current vendors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something like an email from registration list, FDA, the number, registration number, owner operator number. Um, so things like that, like who's registered and they're approved to bring the products in. Yeah. So again, by no means I'm claiming I'm an expert. I just try to do a little bit of research to try to understand myself what we're dealing with. Cause, um, and you did a great job. I'm just trying to help. That's my are. whole thing. It's like, I see like Mary, this is my I'm biggest thing. You, Tiger, because you do try so hard to do such a good job for everybody. How do like offices don't have time? I keep thinking like our offices, like, I, I don't know. I'll use Dr. Kix's here. Like, I love Dr. Kix's office. How would somebody have time? I'm not saying like I did it or we did it the best, but like just the time alone to go yeah. through all these documents to try to understand. And that's where I'm, I'm at the point of, on trying to probably giving up on KN95s on aerosol pr producing, even if there are an FDA approved list. I'm afraid to list them because. What if tomorrow, again, they're not? Like, how do we know? Yeah, don't. I, I would not. I think what we really need to do, knowing that OSHA says they want N95s are higher, then that's where we need to go. That's really where we need to go. Okay. I would appreciate any comments from anybody that's, that's listening. Like, what, what? how do you feel? Like, this is going to stay internal. We're not going to share this. How do you feel N95, N95? Should we even look into it or not look into it? Just a little bit of the the idea from from all of you watching i, I would really appreciate it. okay so um uh what else was an ada that i wanted to share with you so that course um on respirators would you recommend it for an office it's only two hours long i mean absolutely I, it's a great great webinar um as i said even kathy are very well recognized experts and then if they go if they do a web search although i can give you the links and we can post them up um osha's got a whole bunch of new training videos for using um 
N95s, and the, there's a great one that shows the difference between the N95 and a surgical mask and, and how to put on an N95 appropriately, how to take it off appropriately. Um, and there's posters that you can access to that you could use for team members. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that, that honestly needs to be part of, of OSHA training because what OSHA says under the bloodborne pathogen standard is that you need annual infection control training, but you also need training in the interim if procedures are changed. And this is probably the best example of procedural changes. So everybody needs to have some training to understand what to do. One person per team should be plenty, right, for the office? One person to do the training or yes, one that is trained that one person to do that respiratory course. Oh, online. absolutely. Yeah. I okay. don't think everybody on the, on the team needs to do it. Although sometimes it helps because everybody hears the same thing at the same time. Okay. So yeah, we'll link it up. The, where's the test again? Let me find it. Oh, sure. Okay. I'll just, um, Irina, I'll have all these notes ready so because I have a lot of them here. Okay, so we have that. Uh, that's probably the one. Uh, no. Okay, so what's, um, what else I wanted to talk about is other products being currently affected by COVID. And... I have like, again, we try to collect information from our member, I mean, from our vendors so mm-hmm. that I, I can give a little bit more educated update on Friday, uh, like today. Yeah. We are seeing an increased demand for gloves, nitrile gloves. Nitrile exam gloves or nitrile utility gloves? Exam gloves. The one that come in a box of 100. Okay. The prices are going up. The prices are going up because they're being used so much in other healthcare facilities. It shouldn't be a change for us because we've always been wearing them, but we're yep. going to see the price now because so many other people are wearing gloves that wouldn't have necessarily been wearing gloves. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So I think what I wanted to uh, bring up today. So what I wanted to talk about today. Um, on the products that we've seen that are prices going up is the gloves. Um, I mean, it's an obvious one. Like we talked about the two by twos and the gauze and, and because the material is the same as the mask. So like we're doing a little bit more research. I haven't seen the spike yet, but what I do see when I do reach out to some of the vendors, the box of a hundred nitrile gloves is already at 12 to $15 a box when it was three ninety nine. Mm-hmm. 4.99, right? And the company that does sell a huge, like, I mean, they're selling billions, the masks. We got a note from them about the nitrile gloves that they're going to be 18 bucks. How much are they going to be paying? So that's going to bring the price to, to like 20, 22, 25. So my point is, if you have access to like companies like Pure Life right now on Zen, they still have an 8.99. But- I would, I would recommend stuck up. Yes. Yeah. Be careful, though, how you store them. Don't store them near a heat source because it can degrade the material. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if they're stored in a cool place, then they have almost unlimited shelf life, not 
completely, but pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Now. Um, and, and we're just, unfortunately, we're going to be the victims of the supply and demand because they're being used. Plus they're not only being used more in the U S they're being exported to other countries. Um, not many of them are made here. Most of them are, are actually made in China or Asia, but a lot of them are coming here and then they're being sold at a higher price to other countries as well as PPE. So it's just an ugly, ugly game right now with PPE. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to increase their profit margin any way they can. And and then again, we have FEMA that swoops in and takes big orders of things. So yeah, stop yeah. on your gloves. Yeah, I would recommend to start again. I'm, I don't have a crystal ball, nor that I want to protect, pretend that I have one. I just see what's going on in the market. Yep. And again, I wanted to protect our members and say, if you see the gloves anywhere between eight to 12 bucks at the moment, dollars per box of 100, I would start buying them a little bit more than you used to just to have that extra sitting on the shelf i would until then they get restricted (laughs) yeah right yeah yeah that's good advice and and again thank you tiger for monitoring that for all your your members so that because they might not necessarily know that until they place a new order and then all of a sudden wow the last ones i bought were 8.95 a box and now they've gone up ten dollars or 20 or yeah 15 dollars a box so yeah the gowns is the one that that's exactly what you're saying. So a lot of people still have gowns on the backwater when they used to yeah. be at $18 for a box of a hundred yeah. or a bag of a hundred. Right now, the gowns are, the gowns are going between five, six, seven, eight, nine dollars a gown. I know. So actually the most effective thing for practices to do, in my opinion, is to get a whole lot of extra reusable gowns that they can launder and what would you recommend how to do that well you can go to a uniform store you can go through there's a lot of vendors that have um um gowns and lab coats and things that you can wear and you've got to have a way to launder them though so you either have to have a washer and dryer that you do them on site or you use a laundry service, you can't take them home, and that you change that reusable gown after every patient. Because once you've made your initial investment um, in whatever they're gonna cost, maybe 10 or more dollars a piece, don't, depending on, on what ones you buy, then we're, we're, we've reached our, our saturation point. We don't have to worry about buying new ones all the time and throwing them away. So you're going to start recouping your, your investment. You'll get that return on investment instead of just continually disposing of them. We don't know if this is going to be forever with, with changing after every patient. We have no idea. Um, OSHA has said in the past that we had to wear the gown, but we could wear it until it became visibly soiled with blood. And so what most people did would wear, be wear one gown or one lab jacket for a day and then wash it and, and reuse it. But under the interim guidance, it's changed after every patient. Okay. Let's do a quick math. I'm just curious. How many patients per day on average in office we'll see right now? Like a typical general practice. Um, well, that's going to vary depending on how many, how they schedule. I would say it's easier to do the math if we look at a hygienist because a hygienist would see an average of eight to 10 patients a day. 
So okay. they, each hygienist would need eight to 10 gowns. So eight gowns. How many days are they going to be working? Um, I would say probably three to four. Three to four a week. And then they're roughly four weeks. So let's just say four and four. Sorry. That is how many gowns? 128 gowns. Just say there's six dollars. You might not find reusable ones for six dollars. I would say it's probably closer to ten. No, the ones that are currently on the market, the ones that are disposable gowns. Oh, disposable gowns, yes. Yeah, the one that we had on a group order, but I'm talking about like yeah. the people have them even more. So that's $768 just hygiene. Yep, for a month. For that a month. Calculated, yeah. Yeah. How much is a washer and dryer? Oh, you could buy a stackable washer and dryer probably for less than that. You go to Best Buy and, you know, there's all kinds of, you know, you can get the, oh, what's the Sears outlet where you can buy the ones that are slightly. You know, there's no spread. one like required for medical use or anything no, like that. No, no, you can just use a regular washer and dryer. And now the practice test has this, have the space for it, um, but you can even get. Um, you get the apartment size ones that are pretty compact. You can buy um, machines that are a washer dryer. That's all one process, all one machine. There's all kinds of things that you can do. GE Space Maker. Yeah. How much is it? Five hundred eighty-four dollars. No. Yeah, you can find them on sale. Oh, it's a portable dryer. I'm sorry. Okay, so we'll probably just for the. For fun, I'll do the research on this. But we're talking about just the hygiene. We're not talking adding other specialties like doctor assistants. You're not talking about the doctors, and that's going to vary. I would say an average general dentist might see maybe fifteen to twenty patients a day. So that's mm. fifteen to twenty gowns for the doctor, fifteen to twenty gowns for the dental assistant. Per day. And that's maybe on the low side because some practices see more. Orthodontic practices see far more than that. What day. about like some people just buy a bunch of t shirts? Like you... long sleeve t shirts. No. OSHA says that that kind of clothing is not considered to be protective clothing. And neither are scrubs. And so what a lot of people have done in the past is worn scrubs and then to cover their bare arms, they've worn a long sleeve t-shirt underneath. That is not OSHA compliant. Mm -hmm. So you need to have some type of a gown or a lab jacket or something over the top of that. Okay. Wow. This is interesting. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with COVID. That's always been in place way back to the bloodborne pathogen standard in 1991. Mm -hmm. So we're going to try to find the reusable gowns. Yep. And see what we can do with those, because then offices can just get the washer and dryer or the service that picks it up. And mm -hmm. I don't know. This is, I mean, $768. For usable gowns to feel like a waste. 
for disposable ones? Yeah, yeah. For dis- I'm sorry, for disposables. Absolutely. And then you've got an environmental thing that we're throwing that much more waste in the trash. And mm-hmm. it, uh, reusable ones make the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we're probably going to do just a blog post on washer, dryer, hookups. How can we help and what needs to be done? All right. Um, Mary, this was awesome. Is there anything that I should have asked, but I didn't ask? I don't think so. I, I'm just so impressed with all the research that you've done and in doing so much work for your members. I, it's just um, you're doing them such a great service and really you have their best interests at heart. And I commend you for, for that. Um, plus you want to do things the right way too. And that's, that's been a big frustration to me lately that so many practices just are saying, eh, it's going to cost too much. I'm not going to do it, but what, what is the right thing to do? And it's not just the doctors. It's some of the team members as well that are saying, eh, I don't want to do it, but it's too risky. It is too risky right now when we still have so many cases of COVID out there and, and it's not limited as everybody knows, it's not limited just to the older people who are more susceptible. We're now seeing those devastating effects in kids and, and just it's, it's being an equal opportunity virus and it's going to be around for a while. And like all the public health people are warning what happens when the flu season starts on top of that. And so we just have got to pay attention more than ever to safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And stay at least uh, by the guidelines. So just like you said. I, Absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you so much, Mary. If we can do uh, what we talked about, the webinar and aerosol, just like the science behind it. And that would be awesome if we can Absolutely. find someone to help us out with that. Yes. Sweet. Mary, thank you so much. Thanks to everyone who is listening and who was listening, who stayed for that long with us. And so we're going to have all these links available. So um, we'll link it up. Thanks, Mary. Okay. You're welcome. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you too. Enjoy it. Uh, Bye-bye.